hey, do you guys uh do you guys have friends who listen to the show? Like, you know, not like creator <laughs> friends or just like cuz you know, ra- random people I meet in my life like th- this is like one of the things I bring up when they ask what I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they actually listen to the show. Oh yeah? Like wait, do they listen to it before they meet you? Kind of no, thing? No. No. Okay. No, that like I'll I'll say I'm on like a Goosebumps review podcast, and the yeah. How like, do you guys describe the show? <laughs> I always use the terms that we always use, which is I we I do a show where I, alongside two of my adult friends, read children books. Yeah, I say it's not a let's play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a it's not a let's play. It's not a review show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I I say I'm on a podcast where uh, me and my friends review children's literature and '90s stuff. Yeah, I I pretty much do the same thing. Like we and we call it Goosebuds, and they and yeah. person always goes, "Ha, that's funny," and I can tell they're <laughs> never going to listen to it. Yeah, that, that's the thing I think, Chad. I'm like, yeah. whenever Yo. I tell someone about it, I'm like, they're not listening to this. <laughs> Yo, like uh, that's what I think too, because like. I also think sometimes it damages me in a first impression to mention I'm on a podcast. <laughs> yes, that's this is a stereotype with being <laughs> yeah, a podcast. That's definitely, yeah, sure. definitely true. But like uh, recently, mm. uh, someone I I had met was like, "Hey, I listened to your show, uh, and it was pretty good. I thought you were funny." And I was we like, got one. "Wow, this is this is like never happened." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. My show made me cool? <laughs> I have a few, like, friends and mutuals who will check it out or listen to it or be like, oh, I'm a little bit behind. I'm catching up on it. Like, that's that's cool. For I don't think, like, I think the people I hang out with often yeah. get enough Chad in their, in their day-to-day that yeah. they're not, like, right. craving another hour plus. Exactly. I have uh, friends, like, that I don't talk to as much anymore. That I, I have a few that I think still watch continue, uh, and maybe Goosebuds too, because I like I feel like they they remember being friends with me, and they were like, well, <laughs> I don't get to see Paul much anymore, but this is kind of like hanging out with him. So here, I'll do this. I feel like that's sure. like, that that's true about my life in some way. Are we like all unintentionally self owning each other right now? But just like, I, I can't imagine there's people who listen to like all of their friends' podcasts all. The no, time. there's no way. And, yeah. when, and when someone says what you said, Kevin, like I'm so behind, I'm always like, yeah. I don't fucking blame you. I don't have time to listen. I would don't even listen to my own things because I wouldn't have time for that. And I don't even get to listen to the things I like because I don't have time for it. Well, you already <laughs> did it. You lived it. I lived it. I don't need to live it again. That's kind of the thing is you can't listen to a podcast while you're making or editing a podcast. Right. So I'm. So behind in podcast stuff. So when someone's like, when on the rare occasion where I'm like, I make podcasts and someone's like, oh, I love podcasts. Do you listen to this podcast? I'm like, no, I don't have any fucking time. Right. And if, <laughs> if, like, if we were going places like we used to, then maybe yeah. I would be able to listen to podcasts, but I don't even go places anymore because I can't do that. So I don't, <laughs> yeah. even, have, I don't even have that free time. <laughs> Paul, you should like next time you and Jen are going out for groceries, would it feel safe to do so? You should... You should put on a Goosebuds episode. Maybe we're listening to this. And then every time you make a joke, you just look over Jay going, Did you hear what I said? It's a good one, right? <laughs> that was good, right? That was a good joke uh, from it. <laughs> apparently, apparently, if you're riding a motorcycle, you shouldn't listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Okay. Because yes. uh, anything that like uh makes you imagine stuff. Oh. Is a bad idea because you can zone out and like crash and die just like 
anything on a motor riding a motorcycle, you can slow down, crash, and die. But like, I've never ridden a motorcycle. But is it really that much harder than dri- than driving a car? Yes. Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's less wheels to keep track of. It should be easier. Yeah. So that's there's less less machine. It's not hard. It's just you have to concentrate on doing it. Like, oh, okay. If, if the only thing you have to do is concentrate on it. But if you can't do that, then you're probably going to like hit a wet patch of leaves and skid off into a ditch. When I see, because uh, I only ever see motorcycles out in LA just on the highway doing the mm. thing where they can split traffic, which I know is legal, but I think is cheating. That's illegal? I don't. Maybe it's not. That's I thought not, it was. That's not legal. There's no way that's legal. I think it's some bullshit, but. I, I mean, Chad, you should welcome it because it reduces traffic. I guess it reduces traffic, but I'm also like, you're not better than me. I say to them every time when they pass. Like, <laughs> they have less emissions than you do, so in that way, they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, they're all line cutters. I know, but I know it's loud. But when I watch them like weave between and dodging all the mirrors, I'm like, that looks really stressful, guys. That looks really. That was really it is very nerve wracking, and Kevin is pulling out all the motorcycle propaganda right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like if if like a, a I think it's like if a quarter of people switch to motorcycles, then traffic would be reduced by fifty percent. Damn! What if we got like uh, a bunch of motorcycles? People have motorcycles, but like, people don't feel safe with them. And we kind of like connect the motorcycles together, so there's like a train, and you can get on the motorcycle. <laughs> you just, I love that you just said, like, all right, more trains, more trains, <laughs> more trains, less train regulation, more, yeah, more train freedom. Well, that's what everyone's into. This like fucking stupid Elon Musk hyperloop shit is just <laughs> what if cars were trains, right? <laughs> Right, right. You guys know this, right? You guys know about yeah. this, like yeah. stupid boring tunnel thing in yeah. LA where it's just he made an underground train. He made a subway for made years. I thought it was like, oh, we're putting another underground subway. Great, we need more of that in LA. We actually do. And then I found out, no, you just got to drive your your Tesla only car down there, and then you just get in the queue to take that path. So it's just another fucking highway. Hold on, Chad. Are you accusing Elon Musk of being a snake oil salesman? <laughs> I am. I am. I'm accusing Elon Musk of trying to scare me with claustrophobia. That's all he's trying to do with that. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I would never go down one of those tunnels. It's terrifying. Holy shit. Have you ever seen the, the the incredible Sylvester Stallone movie Daylight? No. No. Is it, is it just him in a, is it him just looking for daylight in a dark tunnel? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great movie. Uh, it's about Sylvester Stallone is in a tunnel. I believe it's the Lincoln Tunnel, and uh, a a I think it's terrorists or something. I can't even remember. <laughs> sure, I, sure. Well, it's pre-terrorism. Well, it's pre-terrorism, guys. Pre-9/11. Pre-9/11. It's pre-9/11. It hadn't been invented yet. Terrorism hadn't been invented on 9/11 yet. Uh, <laughs> it, it's pre. It's pre-9/11. So, like, I feel like it was maybe terrorism, but it might have just been. No, there's no way that an American movie would have been made this way. I almost said it was, I think, an accident of the U.S. Army, and there's no way that no, a, a no, movie no. would have been made where the U.S. Army makes an accident. Uh, <laughs> makes, makes a big boob. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the reporting an accidental drone strike and, and Biden doesn't go? We uh, we made an accident. Made an yesterday. accident. Made a big boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> made a big boo boo, and Sylvester Stallone got stuck underground. So is it like an action movie of the descent? Yeah, it's it's like so they're in the tunnel and there's an explosion and it and it seals off the ends of the tunnel and they have to find their way out. Vigo oh, no. Mort Vigo Mortensen in it <gasps> is a spelunker Ooh. man with long hair oh and he's cool as hell. And of course, and of course uh, it's pre and it, it's pre Lord of the Rings Vigo, uh, and he's wow. and he's like trying to like he's like their guy who's like 
spelunking down into all the holes and into the tight spaces and he's got all these ga- he's got gadgets for some reason i don't remember i think he has like a like a zip line or a rope uh, some sort of rope device anyways sure anyways the whole movie about being stuck in a tunnel i saw that movie in the theater because my dad huge sylvester stallone fan so we would sure see every tracks. every sylvester i mean philadelphia uh so yeah but it's a movie <laughs> about being stuck in a tunnel that's collapsed and that is what i think of every time i see those boring tunnels wait sylvester stallone is from philadelphia chad another one another <laughs> another, one. another one another quote-unquote great man is from philadelphia <laughs> do you have a copy of the italian stallion is that just like a thing in every household what's the italian you mean rocky no no wait the Italian Stallion is Rocky. You know that, right? Yes. But wait. Okay. The oh. adult pornographic film. Is there? Wait, 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 wait. Is there, a, is there another Italian Stallion? Are you telling me? <gasps> no, wait, no. Rocky is the pornographic Italian Stallion. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Unpack this, Chad. <laughs> okay, wait. Now I'm questioning if I don't know this correctly. Sylvester Stallone. Are you talking about the 1970s pornographic softcore film, The Party at Kitty and Studs? That's what I'm looking at right now. I thought it was called The Italian Stallion. It's called The Party at Kitty and Studs. <laughs> the porn the porn movie that Sylvester Stallone was in before he was Rocky. We're all right. We, every one of us is right. It was called The Party at Kitty and Studs. And then after the release, they renamed it Italian Stallion to take advantage of... The, the movie Rocky and its success. Okay, okay. They re, they renamed it because it was probably said in 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 the Rocky films. In, in the Rocky films, he is the Italian Stallion. The okay. Italian Stallion. The movie was called Italian Stallion. They dropped the the so that they weren't, so no litigation could be had. You can't own, you can't own it, it, Italy horses. No. You can't own just the concept. No one, no one, o- no one owns any horse. Ever. <laughs> you can't own a horse anyway. Any- but yes, yes, Chad, everybody has that pornographic film. <laughs> Anyone can make it in Philadelphia, and are you terrified yet, Chad? <laughs> That's I'm, the name of the book. I legitimately uh, forgot. I forgot. Uh, are, this "Are You Terrified Yet?" is today's book. Welcome to Goosebuds. Welcome. I'm Chad. Welcome to Goosebuds. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Paul. <laughs> and as if we already recovered in our shame of being podcasters, we uh, have done 119 episodes plus of talking about YA novels, specifically, mostly ones about R.L. Stein. And today we are reading the. Goosebumps Series 2000 book, Are You Terrified Yet? Which I kept hearing and RL's just bored voice going, this get you? Have this done? Has this, have, have I, scared? can I stop? Can I stop now? Guess who's putting on the clown makeup today, boys, because I loved this one. <laughs> uh, I, got a te- I got a teaser. Kevin, I'm with you on this. I got a teaser. I hated yep. this book, but at the end of it, I respected him. I respected yeah, RL. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. This maybe has the most beautiful ending to a book. <laughs> a Christmas book. I was in this book to win this book. I loved it the whole way the through. The whole way? I thought, <laughs> no. I thought it was great. I thought there were some like genuinely good little touches, which you don't get in a lot of these books. Like, I don't think I don't know that I can agree with that. I can only agree with the ending, but the rest of it stank. I'm ready to be swayed. I'm I'm a I'm a split voter. I'm undecided. I don't know yet. I'm I'm ready to be swayed. I'm ready. I'm ready to be swayed <laughs> to the side. Of- Is snorkel here? <laughs> <laughs> 
did you? I, I'm I'm taken aback slightly. Did you guys miss the lovely <laughs> shifting fall imagery? Like I did love like, that. I did love that part of that's it. like interspersed throughout the book. You get like the early days of fall, which are like kind of cool and crisp, and he describes like you know the leaves coming down, and there's so much fall imagery in here. I I I mean. You're right. This is a real Stephen King, like main, main, main book. Uh huh. Yeah, like a nice New England, a New England fall. The, the the peepers are coming out to come look at the leaves, right? But like, how unnecessary is that? The that only serves to make the book more beautiful, and we don't get that kind of like touch. Not in often. Most of the other goosebuds. It, I no. I will say I do always appreciate when he does that kevin when there's like a yeah. nice because sometimes he'll have some like beautiful summer imagery even winter like you know every now and then he'll like lean in you can tell he was writing this one during fall and was like yeah. and was feeling inspired hey you know what here's a hot take authors be original for once come up with a new season invent a fifth <laughs> season it's like a new color. I mean, if like someone came up with a yeah. new color at one point, someone else has got to come up with a new season. Yeah. At least yeah. Dungeons and Dragons came up with Neverwinter, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, it's not winter, it's Neverwinter. Yeah, if Quailman can invent Fun Day, then I think we can invent a new season. <laughs> That's a deep We'll goal. even give you the name, Octarine-tober. <laughs> oh, I like it. Nice, nice. Love Octarine happening. It's weirdly <laughs> right after April. That's the weird part about it. It, it shifts back brief a brief single twilight month of fall happens and then it goes into full full <laughs> spring it was, so it's that mighty python and then it would straight right skip straight into spring and went right back to winter again. <laughs> i do love it when he does that and this book had that but here's the thing that this book didn't have any horror <laughs> oh well, I'm a fake horror fan, so i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah, about you would this know. <laughs> this book had i agree with you paul but also i'll point out this book had horror, the horror of awkward social situations. The, ho- <laughs> the, horror, the horror of not being able to say no. The horror of faking it till you make it. And that's literally this entire book. I, I thought it was a more grounded horror in parts where, like, the spiders thing was, like, you know, pretty bad. Like, I think he I think he underplayed it a, a lot. But, like, mm-hmm. the fact that his whole hand was swollen up from the articulating hairs of a jar full of tarantulas was pretty wild. That kid's hand stopped working. for. This is like a uh, Larry David Seinfeld-esque plot. Yes, of, it's not it this, is. I don't know if it's a farce, but it's just this, like, well, one little white lie just continues on, and this guy is too much. This kid is too nice, much of a nice old Jewish man to say no, and just goes along with it. It's time. somewhere between yeah. Seinfeld and anime. I feel this right. whole right. That, this whole oh my god, I already want that as a <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, it's not quite it's not quite Larry David in the sense. I agree with you, Chad. It is it is a person being swept along by un- events that they probably could stop just by being honest. But yeah. <laughs> but I do think that Kevin, you're onto something with the anime because he like he is never agreeing to do any of this stuff. He just has no. his his hype person, Amy constantly yeah and we should explain who these people are but amy's constantly pushing him forward without even him getting to say anything about it amy is and yeah amy is this character is the equivalent of if you ever watch like like street fight videos on youtube Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. i'll be ashamed that i do 
that, uh, you still Amy do is the is the is the person who like starts the fight but then immediately walks away while their partner or other friends get into the fight right like, he's he's gonna kick your fucking ass and then and then you and then they just kind of step back while while craig has to step in yeah while craig gets <laughs> craig gets surrounded yeah kevin you love this book why don't you set the scene a little bit okay well we start in a beautiful fall <laughs> <laughs> season um our main character, Craig. Morgenstern. Craig Morgenstern. Maybe a shout out to the Princess Bride there. Uh, I'm not sure because hmm. the fictional author of the of the Princess Bride is S. Morgenstern. I wouldn't be surprised. That seems uh, on brand for RL. Yeah. So Craig uh, just moved to a new town um, in his old town. He was uh, a scaredy, uh, little scaredy boy called Craig by his by his cruel, cruel classmates. And he's just riding his bike when uh, he hits a rock and takes a digger. And uh, what 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 do you know? But a car with a baby in it uh, rolls by him with a mother shrieking, "Save my baby!" Save my baby. I was okay. Hooked. Maybe it was unclear. Maybe it was unclear. But I got the impression that he fell in front of the car and that the car was heading I, for him. This car is either moving 50 miles per hour or two based on how the events go, where it's coming at him, he gets out of the way, then he throws his well, body against the car. He chases and fails at catching the car uh, three times before the cock crows during this yeah. sequence. <laughs> before before you betray Jesus, deny Jesus, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I loved this part where I kept going, there's no way it's a car. That must be a typo. He must be in a carriage or something. Like like the beginning of Ghostbusters too. Uh-huh. No, it's a car. There's no way it's a baby. Like the, like RL wouldn't start a book out this hard, but he do. He does. He does. It's and this is this is his Battleship Potemkin uh, Odessa stairs scene. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but the car is headed towards kids who are crossing the street so yeah. it's double danger time mm-hmm. yeah multiple kid endangerment i i just want to call it the quick the quick shout out of of craig uh stuttering craig but not the screw attack guy uh <laughs> see <ew. laughs> i find myself for that reference uh <laughs> sorry we don't have video chat but i'm pretty sure paul and i just looked at each other and shrugged <laughs> <laughs> You don't ever watch Screw Attacks, uh, Top 10 Metroid Power Ups. I'm Stuttering Craig. Anyway, so Stuttering Craig is looking at the car, and there's a shot of tiny little baby hands waving in the air. That right. made me crack up. Right. He only sees baby hands and no driver. He instantly recognizes that there's no driver in the car, freaks yep. out, and he- then here's the mother screaming, Save my baby. And I will agree. Kevin, that this is a intense opener, but great opener. It's played out for a really long time. Again, he tr- he keeps failing, and I'll I'll pull out a little <laughs> Kevin Cole gem. I'll pull out a Kevin Cole gem, okay. which is all right. Don't ever have your character try something. Have them do something, and then have have a result from that from that thing. Like they don't try to grab the car; they grab the car, and then they're drugged by the car. You know what I mean? Like yeah, things almost happening aren't interesting. Exactly, it's almost happening and he almost Mm. grabs this car literally three times and Mm. then restarts the process of trying to get to the car no and paul well done i can't i can't uh contradict myself there it would be much much more interesting if he uh grabbed the handle and was dragged a few feet like Mm -hmm. that's a much more actiony opening uh i was just 
so pleased that something was happening early on in a Goosebumps book. I agree, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was willing to take it, but that is a great punch-up for this scene. Um, Weirdly enough, Craig stops the car, and he's hailed as a hero by the, the kids trying to cross the street, by the mother of the baby who's glad that the cops aren't around, mm-hmm. and everyone's too wrapped up in this kid being a hero to not be like, you're a terrible mother. <laughs> like, hundreds of people are in this town town center to see Craig save this day. And also, yes. Uh, what she say? She was like, she was unloading her groceries in the car, just... She was, she was sending a letter. Away. She was sending a letter. Which, who hasn't stepped out of a car and not put on their parking brake in order to oh. mail a mail? I mean, a car is expensive. <laughs> I, I am not paying the upkeep on that parking brake. It costs money to replace a parking brake. Oh, I put I I put up my parking brake uh, whenever I'm on a flat surface. Me it's too. Just muscle memory. Me so too. You never know. There might be uh, at some point some strong person might come by and just try to push your car around. You don't know. <laughs> so it's here where uh, we meet way too many characters, but chief among them is Amy. Amy's sus kind. A sus. A sus. She's sus. Yeah, I love Amy. I think she's hilarious. Uh, and I like that uh, Craig is described as short with hair that sticks straight up. I just imagined him as Farside Kid. Oh, Farside oh, Kid. Yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, my <laughs> just, just the generic boy that's always the the pushing yeah. on the pull door kid. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, thick, yeah, thick glasses kid. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's who I pictured <laughs> as Craig. I was picturing Tweak from South Park, but I like Kevin's version much more. <laughs> And uh, Amy is like tall and uh, cool and she dresses cool and um, she she's with her friends Travis and Brad uh, who are mad jelly that Amy is crushing on Craig now. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys immediately because I I know I am guilty of constantly chipping these under underage characters together Romanti- always... yeah romanticizing the children got it romanticizing the children it's one of my mini sins uh, i don't <laughs> want to say that uh <laughs> amy, amy, i i was trying to figure out what amy's game was in this book either like there's gonna be some sort of twist and she's like an alien observing humans or something i don't know what amy's game is other than she is super into da- Greg. chad dare grift yeah. she's doing a dare grift and that's what she and she <laughs> yeah. successfully pulls, so? she successfully pulls off a dare grift by uh, fooling these kids into not realizing what double or nothing means. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh my god, I was so glad you caught that. Made me frustrated. It drove me fucking nuts, and I wasn't sure if RL doesn't know what a double or nothing is, or if he was making <laughs> these kids... RL never hung out with kids who got to dare him anything. He stayed indoors with his asthma, staring at kids, imagine what it was like. Saying double or nothing over and over again double, under his breath. Double, double or nothing. I would do double or nothing, he says, as he watches other kids play. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> not understanding what double or nothing means is kind of annoying. It's kind of annoying. It's a hey, look. I'm nitpicking, but it he's partially the stakes for a couple of the, of the moments, and it annoyed me that it was not correct. Right. So so Amy Amy is immediately like, oh my god, you're the bravest boy I've ever seen. You, you saved that child. Um, this is our meet cute. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I also here is my friends Travis and Brad. Brad happens to have the same name as a character from uh, Creature Teacher. Probably this RL forgot. Forgot he used that name already. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Same first name, last name? Yeah, Brad Brad Caperton was also in Creature Teacher. Oh, so, how do we know how do we know he's not the same guy? Maybe I guess schools. it could be a kid who also went to a monster school. I guess that's possible. I mean, there are a lot of Kevin Coles out there. There could be a lot of Brad Caperton. That's true. 
That's why I have to be real Kevin Cole on Twitter instead of just Kevin Cole. <laughs> uh, Travis and Brad are going to be kind of our antagonists. The, these guys are so threatened by Craig's alpha male energy mm-hmm. yeah. that they have to immediately challenge, like, this guy's no hero. We're, we're not quite there yet, though, because we get a little bit of development for Brad. Uh, when we go to school and we see that Brad is uh, being picked on by his own brother, Grant, who is mm-hmm. like shoving him in a locker and just making his life hell. And we'll get to Grant mm-hmm. later, too, because Grant <laughs> is a complicated character, as it turns really out. Really complicated, complex. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Grant's throwing him into lockers. He's massive. The the, the ground shakes when he walks. He is yeah. a he's an imposing figure. Here's my other question. These kids are 12 and. Grant is it is a freshman in high school. Is he coming to the middle school just to mess with his brother? <laughs> <laughs> he just this is the era where you could just walk into a school. So yeah, he just he takes his lunch break. He gets one of those things where he he's allowed to leave for lunch and he comes yeah. and just bullies his brother. <laughs> I mean, good catch, okay. guy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. Like may- maybe some schools are more integrated than that, but in general, I feel like you want to keep the middle school kids away from their natural predators, the high, the school high schoolers. Kids. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 We then get another episode of Craig's heroism as he quote unquote saves a child from a tree. This was ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> it's how so? It's first off, it's a Charlie Day solution to a problem that is a Charlie Day problem. <laughs> A child is stuck in the tree, and the kid's solution to get the child out of the tree is to shove another kid up into the tree. Yeah, yeah. You put more cats in the wall. Put more totally. cats in the wall. That'll solve it. I don't know why it wasn't immediately just like, fall down, we'll catch you. Yeah, but let's make a net of people and catch you. We have like eight kids surrounding this tree right now. No, he climbs up into the tree with the kid to capture him from the tree. Uh, it, yeah. it begins to break. It, it rips like the sound of Velcro. Uh, you hear the sound of Velcro ripping as a tr- as a tree branch begins to give out. Then the kid just slides down the tree, and Craig mm-hmm. is stuck in the tree by himself, and he goes to grab onto a thing, accidentally grabs a bird's nest, and falls out of the tree, uh, yep. and then wakes up from his, his brief unconsciousness, wrapped around this, this bird's nest. Uh, yep. And this child he just quote-unquote saved is happily running off and smiling and everyone is calling him a hero though because even though he thinks he was a fool for falling out of the tree and not being brave whatsoever his hype yeah. man uh Amy says look what he did he saved a bird and a, <laughs> a and an adult an adult woman says to another adult person bravest thing i ever saw bravest thing i ever bra- saw bra- he saved the bird's nest no eggs no bird just he saved this this woven basket uh shit kid you see that kid he went up the tree and he saved a bird's nest kid bravest thing i ever bravest saw thing i ever saw <laughs> i don't know this worked on me okay, I, I, right. I liked it i, I, I laughed I, at it i was suspecting like a twist is it this one because everyone in the city in this town is acting like like, I think you said anime. It feels like an NPCs for a dating sim. Where just the smallest actions you do yeah. send shock waves through the community. Right. People are like, oh my god, you hear I already saved a baby a baby bird nest. Like like it everyone is reacting so big to it. The fact that uh Craig doesn't want to do any of this stuff 
makes it really endearing to me. Like it, it works on me. I actually like Craig, which I can't really say for a lot of Goosebumps heroes. Craig is good. Kevin, I'm with you. Craig is good. Craig, Craig learns again, fake mm-hmm. until you make it in this book. It's actually very good. <laughs> he just keeps doing it and he realizes, yeah. actually he never realizes that what he's doing is just overcoming his fears. But yeah, it's, it is good. I do think that Craig is a good character in that He's actually changing. He's actually changing and growing throughout this. Sure. There, w- there was a couple of moments in this where I kept going, like, Craig is just getting pulled along. Amy is writing a bunch of the checks that Craig has to cash. Yes. yes. Right? To the point of, like, Craig, you don't even seem to particularly like Amy that much. You could just go home. You could be not <laughs> friends with Amy. Yeah. <laughs> but there were a couple of times where Craig would kind of just blurt out something brave, like, uh, I'll, I'll do it for another five minutes. Or why not? Yeah. I'll, and he's like, why would I say that? So there is a part of him that is like like a Jim Carrey Yes Man movie is discovering <laughs> right, a new right. version of himself. That reminded me of being a kid where like I would lie my ass off uh, and like write checks my ass couldn't cash yep. all the time. Yep. Just because I don't know why I did it. I was a kid. Like You were like, being brave. Yeah, you're being brave. Can I show you guys a short story on how I completely reinvented myself one summer? Yes. yes. Oh, my I, God. I don't know yes. talk about this on Goosebuds, but uh, – when I was, you know, really cool in my Presbyterian youth group, we went on a lot of um, mission mission trips where, mm-hmm. you know, you basically pay to, like, go and help out someone in the community. We did, like, Habitat for Humanity a while. Mm-hmm. That's all cool. Right? You go to, you go to build, help paint. We'd, like, paint houses. Right. Uh, you're not going to do little middle school kids doing anything else crazier. But so I go to the summer camp. There's a bunch of other churches all kind of connected here. So we're all going to hang out. We're not out doing doing manual labor. And we're all, there's, like, probably, like, 50 of us. We're all in a circle. And introducing each other and you know 30 different people have introduced themselves their name what they're into that sort of thing and as it gets to me i'm just struck with this inspiration of i'm not going to be chad here i'm going to be and i said my name is chopper <laughs> and and i took the name from i i thought it was i was saying it as a joke because i was watching making the band and was really <laughs> obsessed with the rapper named chopper yeah um Holy and shit. my friends from the church who knew me all laughed at me and then but every immediately people that came were like we love it everyone say hi to chopper and and somehow the bit continued on where by just renaming myself i was the coolest kid for a week uh-huh yeah. uh i i genuinely usually was a very unpopular boy and just kind of awkward and 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 girls didn't like me but like this week i was chopper i could do no wrong i started yeah. like I was wailing away on some um, concrete post that needed to be removed. And the counselors were like, hey, everyone, come look at Chopper. Look how strong he is. Chopper. And everyone started cheering me on. Dude. I was king that week. And then I went away and I was never Chopper ever again. You learned learned it. You learned what Craig learned. Fake it till you make it. All you need to do. All you need to do is just lean in and just it's all it's all fake in it. Every, yeah. everything's fake until you make it baby yeah this line comes a lot later where like uh craig sort of muses on what his life and his choices and what led him here but he says <laughs> i don't think bravery is so much how you feel i think it's uh i think it's what you do and right and there's it's there's like that line i believe it's from uh game of thrones where it's like bravery isn't <laughs> isn't you aren't you're only brave when you're scared because you have to be scared in order to be brave right yeah, sure. if you're not if you're not scared, then you're not being brave. There's no opportunity this, this to be brave. This book has a lot uh, off of that. Book has a lot of moments where the 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 way to prove your fear or your bravery is by not screaming, which I find like 
I found very frustrating because after he falls out of the tree, they're like, yeah, but he screamed when he fell out of the tree. I'm like, yeah, that's like a, it's like a genuine reaction. That's like the kid mentality of like, you guys have like assholes who do like, oh, you flinched. Yeah. That like, yep. we pretend to punch. That I don't know why that was a bad thing to flinch. Flinch means you have reflexes. You have good reflexes. Like, listen, yeah. the strongest people in the world, weightlifters, scream all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Serena Williams is like fucking Goku whenever she hits a tennis ball. You have to scream. That's where your power yeah. comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I do I also want to say this. I think this book, you know, RL loves making allusions with his names and Are You Terrified Yet is fine. I got a new name for this one. A Brave New Craig. It would have been a great name brave for this book. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so excited to read this book if it was called Brave New Craig. A brave New Craig. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> a- a- so Amy is latched on to Craig. She is either an enabler or is getting her her rocks off by watching this kid do whatever she says. But Amy is very much just hyping Craig up to do more and more I yeah, mean, ridiculous things. She thinks he's cool. And like, who, who is Craig to say, I suck? All Craig needs to do is say, I'm scared. To, and and then this all ends. But he is, he he's not, he's so scared that, uh, here's the question. Is he so scared that he's too cowardly to admit the truth? Or is he, which he actually, he does try to act bravely and, and admit that he's scared. Uh, at a certain point. That's not till later, though. Let's get right, through. right, right, Let's right. right. Okay, okay, yeah. All right. So, uh, Amy's like, my parents aren't home. Want to come over? And Craig is uh-huh. like, hell yes. And uh, they go, and <laughs> Amy wants to watch scary movies, uh, specifically the Killer Day Camp series. Yep. Which is very funny, and I'm sure this is a Goosebumps book that RL wanted to write, but couldn't have child murder on the cover, right? <laughs> So they watch scary movies and Craig just screams and Amy's like, yeah, you're right. It is fun to scream along. And so they, they're both just sitting there screaming at the TV. Amy obviously has a crush on Craig and Craig is so oblivious to the fact that she has a crush on him. Yeah. And I don't think Amy, I think Amy sees the fact that Craig is scared. I don't think she's, I don't think she's dumb. I just think she's like, you could be part of something here. I see Amy more as Craig's agent. Uh-huh, sure. Uh-huh. I I I kept seeing Amy as the 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 character in the Tokimeki Memorial dating sim, where like <laughs> pretty much all the choices you make will still lead to you romancing Amy. Yeah. Every like you can't really fail and mess up. All you if you're if you scream, Amy's like you're right. It is more fun to scream. Ha ha. We're mocking the movie. Right. And then like a roller coaster. Up into yeah, really every. Th- I I really want to talk about this confession scene. I think that's really important. We'll get Please, there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But yeah. yeah, Amy. I think if Amy is that is doing anything, Kevin, it's that again. She recognizes the power of the of the dare grift within Craig, and that's where we break out the spider jar. Spider jar time, baby. <laughs> yeah, right after the tree incident, uh, Brad and uh, what was the other kid? Travis. 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 Brad and Travis come up and say, "He's a phony. He's a fake." And Amy, <laughs> being the being the the hype hype person that she is, is like, "No, nah, he'll do anything. He'll you know we're, we'll put money on it. Come to my house. B- bring it. Bring it on." And then, and so they do show up here with Spider Jar. Spider Jar, and the 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 dare is Craig has to be so brave that he'll hold his hand in a jar full of spiders for five whole minutes. Do you know how long five minutes is? Five minutes is a long time, but I'll say this: Kevin's going to insert five minutes of silence right now just to prove. Yeah, it let's more. just like yes, yeah, endure it right now. There it is. That was five. How minutes. was that? How was that five minutes? <laughs> 
Were you riding a motorcycle and you had to pay attention and the five minutes went by really quickly? <laughs> we should insert little safety bumpers in there just in case you're riding a motorcycle while you listen to you refocus on the road. We are going to say yeah. something very detailed right now, motorcycle drivers, so pause the episode. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to paint a picture for you, which is going to occupy the part of your brain that handles vision, and you're going to imagine something so cool that you forget that you're on a motorcycle and you need your brain to process your eyeballs, and you're going to crash. So This that, is a dangerous podcast. Yeah. Warning. <laughs> warning. We're very creative. <laughs> so money, money has been laid out as a dare at this point, correct? $30 for the spider jar. And I think this is probably the worst one yeah. of all the things. I think this is the scariest thing. Yeah. Holding your hand yeah. in a spider jar. Great. And uh, obviously directly influenced by the Tim Jacobus cover. Oh, yeah. I think the cover came first. Yeah. Um, the, t- yo, the, t- the title went, I-, I-, I kept thinking about how like RL writes title first. Yeah. So he wrote, Are You Terrified Yet? Which is such a generic title for <laughs> any Goosebumps book. That I wondered at what point he'd go like, I guess it's about like daring a kid. You know, it could have been like, it, it, I saw in, in the Goosebumps wiki at one point, RL teased this as a camp episode. Oh. And even the Wikipedia editor said he was probably just confusing this book with Fright Camp. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> these are all interchangeable garbage to RL. So, you, you don't know. Shit, man. Like, he made one, like, he he released a book every month, so I'd get them mixed up, too. Yeah, I agree. Not defending RL. He's put me through some horrible <laughs> shit, but I get mixing them up. Also, do we think this is RL? I wondered if this was a ghostwritten one, because it's just so different from everything else. Mm. He's having so much fun. If it's if it's him, I, like... I, I'm willing to believe that every Goosebumps series 2000 is written by RL. Wow. We had, like, that one ghost-written short story, but that was in the short story collection. Right, right. I think the 2000s are written by him because this is post the, the main push, right? Like, the Goosebumps series yeah. happened, and I do think that he had... Because it was the speed at publishing was so strong there that I don't think mm. he could just keep up. This one, I think, was probably a renegotiation. Better mm-hmm. better, uh, <laughs> better royalties for him and probably more time to write them. That's what I'm going to say. I, I believe that. This one feels uh, a little short, but uh, that's mm-hmm. not a complaint from me. Um, <laughs> but it also feels... It, it just feels like he's having fun and excited and he has time. Like maybe he had a vacation before this or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, I just think that it's a higher quality happening here. I agree. I, I Well, I agree. I think the writing is higher quality, but I do think again, and maybe I shouldn't complain about this, but I just don't think there's enough horror in it uh, because I'm a real horror fan and I love horror. Yeah. This is like a comedy book almost or something. It's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. As a fake horror fan, I see no problem with this. <laughs> <laughs> the only, like, the, it's the horror is too real. It's about anxiety. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the fact that for most of this book, there is no supernatural element whatsoever. Right. Uh, which is a nice break from the formula. Like, this felt grounded to me. Like, the this, and when you take away, like, the supernatural stuff, you get to focus on the horror of just being around children and being a child. There's also no, there's, there's no um, like fake out really. I mean, I, all these books always have the, the monster jumped out of the woods. It was the, do- Oh, it was my neighbor's dog. Well, uh, other uh, than one at the very end, there's no like fake out, fake out jump scare. I agree. Except there is one of the most egregious pre fake outs, which isn't the end of a, I don't think it's the end of a chapter. It might be the end of a chapter where he says, little did mm. I know that my words would lead me into a coffin. And it's like, yep. that's one of those moments as a kid, you probably don't, 
pick up on that. Maybe it scares you, you know, whatever. But as a person who's read uh, over a hundred of these books, that is the moment where I'm like, okay, well, there will be the there will be the coffin scene where he has to dare be dared to go into a coffin. I'm I'm expecting that now. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that that you know that's just an egregious. He still does those egregious things, but. I'm with you, Chad. There are far less of them, but only because there's really no scary things happening. It's just a kid having anxiety and someone else pushing him beyond his his comfort zone. There, I, I kept thinking there's going to be kind of a thing where, like, because in other ones, RL pulls his punches to the point that I've, you know, I've beaten that horse to death of, like, just let it be real. Mm-hmm. Because this is fiction. Like, the even the part where probably the, the craziest thing in the whole whole book is, yes, the spider jar the the titular cover-esque spider jar mm-hmm. is just put your hand in these and then they just bite the shit out of him for five yeah. minutes. It's pretty yeah. fucked up, actually. Yeah, it's the fear box or whatever from Dune. It's the, the Gamjabar, yeah. It's pretty hardcore <laughs> that he's just like, yeah, my hand's totally swollen now, huh? So he wins the bet uh, and then that's when uh, Amy's like, that was nothing. Come back with something scarier and we'll go double or nothing. And yeah. again... Not what double or nothing. Means. Double or nothing. Well, it, well, what they say is the boy, the other boys, then go, "Yeah, we're gonna win this other prank, and then you'll owe us sixty dollars." Like that does. That's not how that works. Yeah, that's they. Yeah. the double or nothing. The nothing part, guys, is where it comes in. You got to remember the yeah. nothing part. You're not getting any money. But I think even Craig is like, "Oh, I couldn't afford sixty dollars," and like that's where like <laughs> the stakes for him like doing the next dare are based on this misinterpretation of double or nothing. Hey, they, yeah. they never get the money at the end of this book, I'm just realizing. We don't, well. It, important to note, there are also, there are five antagonist boys together. There's Travis and Brad, who are the main two. Uh, there's David, Frankie, and Gus, yeah, who also David, Frankie, and Gus chip in money to the double or nothing, in which they'll win nothing if they if they win the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I also was starting to think that maybe maybe Amy doesn't have a crush on on Craig at this point and more just Amy is getting a lot of money out of this because Amy keeps going like we'll do it. Amy has to do nothing in any That's what I'm saying. Amy, like that like yeah. Kevin said she's his agent or promoter. She's like the yeah. the Don King of this situation. She's right? taking 50%, which is also probably what Don King took. <laughs> probably. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But she believes in in Craig. That's what she contributes. There wouldn't be any money without it. Yeah, she's right? she, no, yes, she's, no. I don't stand by this. <laughs> she sees something, and she sees something in Craig, and I respect that about her. Amy's business is dreams. All right, and oh I don't God. think there's anything more important than that. <laughs> um, now we're gonna waste time for a couple pages, maybe like half a book or so. Uh, <laughs> can I? Just, I just want to drop in uh, a uh, Amy's. The, Amy's the hype man, and you better believe the hype man. Amy and Craig almost play ping pong mm-hmm. because Craig brags about how good at ping pong he is, despite <laughs> being terrible at ping pong. Again, Kevin almost play ping pong. Almost play ping pong. Uh, when they're about to go into a dark basement, Craig breaks down and tells Amy a fake story about how he was scared. As a child. He choppers right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought this was a really interesting moment. He's truthful with her. I do love this. I really like this. I think this is the most interesting stuff to your point, Kevin, about Craig is that it's you start to see that like if he just would be honest or like learn that all he needs to do is push himself right into the into the uncomfortable spaces that he'd be OK. But miscommunication is 
the driving force of romantic comedies. And this is what this is how I'm sure we're in a romantic comedy at this point right. because of this horseshit going on. I, right I, here. I found it I found it interesting. This is like the first time that Craig has kind of like made the sin himself. Like he's lied, right? Like mm-hmm. He said he's brave, but that's more of just a boast mm-hmm. yeah. than a lie. And now he is lying with a fake story to his his paramour, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with where he basically describes like she's like you're scared of the basement. I thought you were so brave, and then he tells a story that's straight out of Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. Yep, where like rats come out of the walls and like gnawed on him, and he was alone. And she's like, "Wow, you're so brave. Mm-hmm. I totally understand." Amy yeah. is so into Craig at this moment, or she's a really good agent. And she just spun his own story. <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, Kevin, that's it. She re- she recognizes the well of strength within within Craig. Yes, and she and she is she is determined to plummet for every ounce of strength that is inside of it, and she's going to pull it all out of him. There, there will soon be a hundred and twenty dollars riding on this, which in twelve year old money. In nineties twelve year old money, you can buy the world with you can buy two SNES games with that money. You give $120 to a kid in 2022, they'll be like, great, I can't go anywhere or do anything. Amy's taking 50%. Well, true, but they're gonna share it. They're gonna work together. Then they're gonna yeah, reinvest they, it. If they stay together as a couple, I guess their wealth can stay consolidated. Yeah, they'll probably yeah. invest it into like some dot com stuff and probably do pretty well for themselves. <laughs> Sorry. Thought that was cute. Um, uh, there's a scene where uh, the where the bad boys show up, mm-hmm. and um, they're like, "Ah, oh, my eye, my eye has been removed from my skull." And Craig, badass that he is, high from girl belief, mm-hmm. talks up and puts the eyeball in his mouth. <laughs> powered by the support of a strong woman dude uh, if you've never had an attractive person believe in you before like sorry like that is the biggest high you'll ever you hi- have uh-huh. we highly recommend trying it out it's pretty great <laughs> so yeah I- uh, he he could just wash it off and say put it in his mouth swirls it around oh i say this is filler but i actually really like this scene because like the you know Travis laughs like the other kids laugh and like Craig mm-hmm. is shown to be funny because he pokes the eye out of his mouth and looks around with it like Craig is actually becoming a cool person right and there is a friendship forming between these dudes they are fucking torturing him for but money. This, but that's true I mean it's just true to yeah. childhood that's what it's what kids are like yeah. they're fucked up yeah yeah but Craig is kind of becoming a cool person and that's and that's cool so um I think it's Travis who has the bloody eye he wa- he washes the fake blood off and he's like we're gonna go to my dad's co- uh funeral like home. funeral home yeah the real terror is gonna happen there yep I, th- kevin you're making me think the the book is maybe getting good for me i might be liking this book now because you know what <laughs> the kids yep. the kids are you're right craig is probably the most fleshed out and most complex one of the com- most complex characters we've ever had in a book i think he actually changes sure. throughout it and i think it's because he does things without fully thinking them through in a in a believable way a lot of goosebumps characters do things without thinking them through but like in in these past two scenes we've seen uh craig lie to make himself seem cooler mm-hmm. and then be like why the fuck did i do that i can't play ping pong and then we see him actually be cool but in both by like going straight for the eye and he's like it's lucky i saw that at the joke shop 
But uh-huh. in both those cases, he's kind of acting without thinking and he's surprising himself, which I think is kind of an endearing way to show that he's changing. Right, like, right. It, it also kind of puts him on a precipice, too, because, like, he's a hero. He has clout. He could become an asshole or he could become just, like, a regular cool dude. Mm-hmm. Again, the probably the fear at any point in this story is anxiety over letting people down, which yes. I can... I can relate to a lot. Yeah. I think it's played up how much it is that anxiety that's propelling him forward of letting people down, which in its own way is a kind of cowardice. But I do like that slowly, I think he begins to realize that that's the real root of his problem is just his anxiety, right? Yeah. And with my anxiety, I've learned if I give myself a way out, I'm probably going to take it. Uh, So... I kind of try to not think about alternatives if I really want to get something accomplished. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if if you're, you know, maybe making all your money from video games and podcasts, that's not a super secure way to live. But (laughs) if you don't give yourself any other way out, you're probably going to make a lot of video games and podcasts. Yeah, you're doing a reverse Sun Tzu on yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're interested. Instead of giving yourself the out so that you don't fight to the death, you're like, Sorry, fight to the death, mouse. I'm going to fight to the death. I'm going to put my hand in the spider jar for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's what really made me like Craig a lot. Um, So so Craig decides to go violate some corpses. Yeah, but before that, he fucking wastes Grant. That's right. That's right. And he actually, I love that uh, Ariel used the term, he wasted him. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty badass. Yeah, there another classic Craig situation happens that we we see Brad being beat up. So Brad is being yeah. beat up again, and and Amy is again uh, plumbing the well of strength within Craig and says, "You need to do something. <laughs> you need to do something about this, Craig. You need to stop this." And she pushes him towards the situation after Grant is striding off away from Brad after having shoved him in his locker again. And in uh, a confluence of of clumsiness and uh, and uh, accidental bravado, Craig takes him down and uh drunken master style drunken master style takes him down pure a jackie chan shit happens and he takes down this 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 villain no i just it just felt it just felt like that arrested development joke where tobias kills dirty ears bill or whatever and they're like he's the new leader of our game (laughs) right right everyone loves craig craig just did it craig just took down the biggest and the baddest and yep. and his his uh his legacy is cemented as the greatest child in this school. If you can save a person who hates you, that's the coolest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Like Brad owes like his samurai sword to Craig at this point. Yes, like it was cool. It was cool. And Brad and Brad does provide. He does offer up his sword to him because after yeah. this happens, uh, the next the next bet is already set up and it's going to happen, right? Uh, they're yep. going to go to the funeral house and there's going to be a horror that's going to happen to them. Um, and the night of of it, the Saturday night uh, where they're going to go do this is, uh, is is happening. And Brad, they all show up, all the kids show up, but Brad pulls Craig to the side and warns him that the scariest is the scariest thing is coming. That They've gone too far, that Travis has pushed too far. Um, mm-hmm. Travis isn't there. He couldn't make it. But <laughs> but, they, but the, 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 the things they have planned for him. Are, are too far and he should back out now while he's still not can. suspicious at all but yep. you know what actually oh wait i you know i just realized th- that i fooled myself here into thinking that brad actually did something good actually brad is a scoundrel and a rat never mind uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think you could take i think there's a lot of ambiguity in the in the motivations of these characters you're right I think you're right it could be i uh, you know it's either either brad does 
believe that and he doesn't he's not privy to the actual prank that's about to occur or mm. brad is a rat right now could be that too there is a weird little uh scene like part of the scene where like they scatter away from the window because a van pulls up and they mm-hmm. uh two, two dudes in white haul a haul a, a fresh corpse, a fresh into corpse the funeral yep. house. Mm-hmm. yeah which i don't think that's how it works but for the purposes of uh rl's funeral home that's fine <laughs> they just they just drop the body in a blockbuster video return kind of like just, just dump it up in. Yeah, like, they'll take care of it in the morning yeah there's a laundry chute they just stick it into and it swoops down into the into the they'll, charnel just, house they'll figure out the name they'll read the obituaries they'll figure out who this is uh-huh. <laughs> yeah we left the tag on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they the dare is on brad has warned Craig and Amy that the that they have bad things in mind for him at the funeral parlor tonight, uh, and the the kids still go. They still go. He they can't back down because again, Craig is like, I can't back down from sixty dollars. I don't. I can't afford it, even though I don't understand that I don't owe sixty dollars, no matter what happens here. Uh, it's it's winner. It's winner or get nothing for me. But uh, they go to the they go to the place. The dare is that he has to climb into the window, an open window of the funeral home. And then mm-hmm. go up to the first coffin he sees and climb inside, close the lid, and then he can leave. And then the dare is the dare is over. And the other fuckers all shine their light on one coffin in particular in yep. order to make that the first coffin yep. that Craig sees. Mm-hmm. And when Craig goes to it, he sees this hideous corpse inside with like a snaggle tooth and like scars and stuff. Yep. Wouldn't you know it, that corpse jumps to life and starts menacing the shit out of Craig. Craig with the reflexes of a judo master tries to behead it with his own bare hands craig whose whose fight uh instinct is much stronger than his flight instinct despite what his internal yeah. monologue would say oh, awakened craig awakened begins craig. to start start haymakering these the zombie he rains death blows down upon it and as his final move he goes for his beheading tug and uh, he pulls the mask <laughs> off of Travis. He's like, "Oh, how'd you know it was me? And this is where I think that Brad may have actually just been a rat and knew what was going to happen all the time. I maybe he Maybe he was trying to get Craig to back out so that Travis couldn't do this, but he still shines the light, like you said, Kevin, onto that, onto that casket and points mm-hmm. him towards the horror that they had set up for him. This is played pretty. This is played pretty straight. Where I, I was like, oh, maybe we're just actually doing a zombie thing here. I thought like, so too. I was like, oh wow, we're yeah. four fifths of the way through the book, and we finally have an actual <laughs> scary image. Yeah, I, I think Brad might be innocent. Gus might have been the son of a fuck that uh, drove this whole scene. Yeah. He's in the background. He's pulling strings. I don't trust Gus. Yeah, Gus. Yeah, I don't know about Gus back there. The fact that I <laughs> forgot Gus was a character means he's pulling strings. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't <laughs> trust that. <laughs> It's always the ones, it's always the innocuous ones, right, Chad? The devil's greatest trick was convincing Damn. the world didn't exist, Damn. motherfuckers. Damn. Gus Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Amy goes for double and nothing again. Yeah. Amy's like, <laughs> let's, let's raise the stakes even more. Craig calls Amy to be like, can we please, please call this off? I hate this. I'm not brave. Just tell them I'm scared. And they win. I'm sorry I can't pay the money. Let's end it. He's rejecting mm-hmm. the call. Mm-hmm. He, we're at page 70. Like, he's, yep. he doesn't have anything left. He's spent. And Amy's like, that's the kindest thing I've ever heard. You're worried they won't be able to pay the money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because you know what? Amy Amy sees the reality of the thing, right? She's like, I know you're brave enough. It's not about the yeah. bravery. You that's that's a lie you're telling yourself, Craig. That's not true yeah. about yourself. You were super brave. You will fuck these kids up. You will take these kids' money. And and she's right. She's right about Craig. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say Amy would die for Craig, but in fact, I think it'd be more Amy believes in Craig so much that she'd let Craig die. Amy would let Punch's pilot take Craig and crucify him for sure. <laughs> I I think that with Craig around, Amy feels invincible. Yeah. And the idea of dying does not even occur to her. So so high is she on her own belief in Craig. <laughs> She and she she truly believes him, and she hangs up the phone, leaving Craig uh, with you know confused and and a little stunned. The phone rings again, and it's Brad again. And Brad <laughs> is is now again saying that he's sorry, even though he was again a rat and totally joined in with Gus to help uh, scare <laughs> to scare Craig. Uh, and yeah. he apologizes and basically says, you know, like mea culpa, right? Yeah. And then I think at this point we're kind of left off at the end of that chapter, right? There's not really a lot of detail given. Yeah, then we meet back again at the uh, funeral home where Travis does a title drop. Yep, beautiful title drop. <laughs> and says, are you terrified yet? And then they go inside the funeral home. They crack open a coffin and the deal is now Craig has to shake the hand of a dead person and then mm -hmm. give the dead person a cheek to cheek hug. Cheek to cheek. They crack open the coffin to reveal a corpse that I'm sorry, but there's really no other way to describe them. I'm not trying to be edgy. Okay. I'm not trying to be like <laughs> uh -huh. topical because I, I don't want to hear this guy's name any more than you do. I'm with you. But yeah. it's it's a Donald Trump corpse inside of the coffin. He has <laughs> he has orange skin. He has orange skin. I hadn't thought of that. Orange skin, the weird lips they yeah, the describe. Red, red ruby red lips. <laughs> he had he had shit his pants. <laughs> It's it's all the greatest hits, the tiny hands, it's all there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh so uh all the zombies rise? Well, so he yeah, goes I'll... he goes in for the for the hug and then that's when I believe what so how does it happen? I think they just begin to pop out of places, right? There's a loud cracking noise, I believe. Yep. And the coffins open up revealing maggoty, gross, green zombies mm -hmm. that pour out of the coffins. And up until this point, we're like, magic isn't real. We're in a, 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 a real reality that we understand. Either there's magic or someone is playing a prank and they got Tom fucking Zavini to do the art, <laughs> to do the to do the effects for this. Because these things look good. Yeah, everyone runs away screaming, including Amy, uh, and they all leave Craig, mm -hmm. uh, who hangs out uh, because he's wrestling a zombie. Uh, and then once everyone leaves, Craig says he sticks around for about half an hour and then he goes home. And here is the moment where I said to myself, fuck R.L. Stein. I'm so mad at him. I know what's coming. We're going to go home. We're going to reveal mm -hmm. that they had a prank set up, and then someone is going to go, oh, no, I wasn't there for the prank. You really saw zombies. And I was, like, waiting for that, right? And it happens. That exactly happens. Craig actually recruited Grant, Brad's shitty bully brother, to help scare a bunch of kids. Who, in defeating him in one-on-one -on -one combat, earned his utter respect. Yeah, yeah. He immediately was like, I like you now. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And 
how is this not anime is my question yeah <laughs> yeah grant faked the whole thing and then he scared his brother and craig is just sort of like sitting there drinking a beer high-fiving grant <laughs> You hang out with the high schoolers now. We're going to get you weed, he says to Craig. He's drinking an Odell's and he's getting fucked up off of it. <laughs> for, for, I think it's one of the few times where the, I can remember the the, char- the main character, the protagonist, mm-hmm. is ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like, I set this up uh, off screen, off page. I made this whole deal and I had to get the other guy too. Yeah, and basically, I guess it's implied that the bet is called off, and Mm -hmm. no one really wins, but Craig is no one's puppet anymore, which is sort of a good ending. Like, that's a good way to end, uh, and a surprising way to end the story. Mm -hmm. And Amy ran off screaming, right? He never got that kiss or anything. He just... I was was annoyed because I saw the twist coming, but then RL fucks you up and surprises you that... That is yet another ruse, right? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. lo- I, I actually, I sat down and I said, "RL, you fucking did it. You surprised me. You got me. Yeah. I was not expecting you to do a to do a triple take on that, a triple turnaround." And it's great. It's just, it's it's a good ending. Um, there's what is the last? Uh, he's walking home and he just wishes it oh, wasn't. Oh, this so is good. this is maybe the best part of the whole book. It's poetry. It's poetry at the end. Yeah, he he's like, I've done it. All my enemies are vanquished. I'm beloved <laughs> by the community. I've achieved all of my dreams at age twelve. And uh, he's like, this is it. I'm no longer Kukuka Craig. I've I've moved on. And then as he's walking home, he's like. Does it have to be so dark? Mm-hmm. And He's that's it. still a little baby chicken inside, and that's great. Yep. I was Craig the hero, Craig the superhero. I knew I'd never yep. be scared again. I only wished the moon would come out. Why did it have to be so dark? Wow. It's just a nice ending. It's just a literate, a literate ending at, uh, there. Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, the way, uh, honestly, the way, Kevin, you set it up, the prose was better than it was in the book, mm-hmm. but the picture it, it generates right. yes, yeah. of this- of, of the I am no longer Craig. I am a hero, but I still have fears. Mm-hmm. One fears. Uh, I'm no longer Craig. Call me Machete. <laughs> machete. <laughs> is there's a there's a beauty to it. I'm like, oh, those Goosebump books don't end on kind of just like a a, a, a a touching moment like that. Usually it's like, and then the car came back to run me over. Womp womp or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I think that. This one's a winner. I, I, I don't know if we can call it a horror story. It definitely isn't. <laughs> uh, I think that was my only problem with it was that just there really was not a lot of scary material in it. I mean, like the spiders are scary enough, I guess. And the zombies at the end are a scary image, right? We get, we get two yeah. zombie images. But I don't know. There was no supernatural element. And I and I just was like, I don't know. I, they, I When I'm here, I'm expecting something supernatural. Like, like you said, Chad. It's not real, so make it fucking crazy, right? Like, make it be something mm-hmm. over the top. I like the lack of supernatural element in this one. I found it refreshing. It uh, is. You, you're right, and it and it resulted in the most complex characters, a, a series, a mm-hmm. cast of c- complex characters in this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it gave us the the ending, the most bold, and I would say confident ending that RL has given in a book where he didn't rely yeah. on a joke. He didn't rely on a like a corny like re- reversal joke right at the end, right? Yeah. yeah, I I gotta say, ten out of ten, perfect book. 
Wow. wow. Perfect. Wow. wow. No, no, no. It was just really good. It was really, it was, it was really, really good. I'll put this in. You made me appreciate it more than when I yeah. when I ended. I was like, oh, all right. Okay. Like I, the, the, the poetic ending kind of felt like a womp womp to me because I was just so used to some sort of bad punch at the end. And yeah, now that I'm, you know, I'm realizing this is every story does need to have that. I kind of, mm. I'm really appreciating that. Yeah. I, I'd say this is in my top three. Top three. I would. I was gonna say. I am confident to put this in at least the top twenty. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say. I'd, I'd say like top ten, top fifteen, top fifteen, top, top ten, definitely. Top fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Stuttering Craig's top fifteen. <laughs> Power ups. It, it gave me a lot of um, uh, uh, how I learned to fly vibes. Just brushing over Chad's reference that neither of us get. It gave me a lot of how I learned to fly vibes. <laughs> I get it. I get it 100%. I just If you understand the reference, drop by our Discord and tell us Screw about Attack what the... was a YouTube channel that was on game trailers for a while and it was very lazy content, but a lot of people watched it. That Stuttering Craig was a host, a character. A... Yes, he was a he was a, a adult man who dressed like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> 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 and, and one time a maker he came to the studio and people were like, "That's Stuttering Craig." I'm like, "Uh-huh." No, that's a that's a boy who got out of middle school for the day. <laughs> Don't come for me, starring Craig. But you always wore a backwards hat. What are you doing? Uh, that's not the right way to wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I got no notes to fix it other than maybe the zombies were real at the end and they're just going, huh, well, you know what? I'm not scared anymore. I'm not afraid of you well, anymore. I'm not afraid like, anymore. <laughs> I truly thought that they were going to be like uh oh there's zombies in town well not our problem and then the book was going to end I really thought that was happening I am so happy that RL went with a very uh, not bold but understated ending that I think yeah. I think uh, really uh, you know it did the book I was not liking this book until that ending and I said wow he actually he actually flipped it on me and I was surprised he surprised me and once that happened my my estimation of the book did go up, uh, and Kevin, you've helped me to to really parse through what these characters went through, and I think uh, I think I like the book. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I uh, I was surprised at how much I I vibed with this book, and I I know it's not perfect, and it probably wouldn't be super fun for a young reader uh, <laughs> because they'd be like, "Where's the actual horror?" Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't know. I dug it. I really really liked it. Well, I think that's a bumps. Hey, Chad. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> if people like this uh, show, what do they do about it? What What the fuck do you, what the do, fuck do, you do about anything? What the fuck are you going to do about it? What are they going to do about it? What do they do with this weight on their souls? Well, yeah. there's a couple things they could do. Uh, if they want to support the show uh, financially and get access to bonus content like uh, bonus episodes of Camp Goosebuds we release every month. Get access to our Discord and vote on upcoming books. They go to patreon.com slash goosebuds. That's patreon.com slash goosebuds. We appreciate all of you goosebuddies who do so. Uh, you can also, for free, go to iTunes and leave a review. Yeah, be the be the Amy Suskind of our of our podcast <laughs> realm. Help us 
help us activate the courage and and strength that resides deep inside of us by going to iTunes.com. What is it? What is it? it, it you know, not the good. Is there even a website for iTunes? I don't think there is. I don't even. It's it's a website that makes you launch their app. Yeah. that is a always always broken for me. But if you can manage to make it work, you could leave a review on iTunes. It helps us get discovered. And we we were gonna read a couple five star reviews today, right? Yes, please. Hell yeah, we are. Paul, would you like to go I, first? Yeah, I got one here from Porky Party. It says, great, great stuff. These boys have unlocked childhood memories I didn't even know I still had. You're welcome, Porky Party. You're Porky welcome. Party, that's a five-star review and a five-star name. Love that. Agreed. Love that for you. Here's another five-star <laughs> review uh, titled Amazing by Confused Breakfast Podcast. Love that title. Love that, uh, love that handle as well. Uh, Confused says... This podcast is so great! Exclamation point! Thank you so much. I know you wouldn't use that exclamation point lightly, and we take it to heart. Agreed. <laughs> I would. I would tag that review as helpful. <laughs> uh, I have one here from Guitar for Life eleven eighty five. Another five star name. Another five star name. <laughs> great companion podcast to rereading your childhood favorites. They say, I began a nostalgia trip a month ago. Boy, I hope you got off it eventually. That could be dangerous. <laughs> and rapidly checked out as many classic Goosebumps books as I could from the library. As a kid, I owned many, but read few. I've been breezing through them now. On a whim, I hunted for a Goosebumps-themed podcast and stumbled into the gem that is Goosebuds. Rereading these as an adult and then listening to the corresponding episode of Goosebuds is my new favorite pastime. Until something else nostalgic grabs my attention. It never will. Never will. This is as good as it ever gets. The buds are always entertaining. Though I do sometimes skip ahead through the initial banter, fuck yourself, to get to the most boring Those episodes of entertaining and unrelated banter for 15 minutes or so before the goosebumps part starts. I think we all had fond childhood memories of this series that don't always hold up now that we are adults. And the good buds do a great job of saying what we're probably all thinking in a funnier way than we can. Give it a listen as you revisit this classic series. Thank you, Guitar for Life. Hey, thanks, Guitar for Life. And guess what? If you do skip part of the podcast, you super don't have to tell us about that. But thanks for the review. <laughs> uh, also, also, I don't know about if you've listened to a lot of these episodes. You probably have. I think one thing that we're pretty good at is the old callback. And the 15 minutes beforehand, <laughs> typically in strange synchronous ways, seems to always butt up to the actual book. So if you're doing, if you're skipping over that first 15 minutes, you might be missing some of the good, good jokes. I'm just saying, I can take criticism, but I think you're you're depriving yourself of something by uh, skipping that first 15 minutes or so. Yeah. That's just me. Have a little foreplay. Uh, we have one more... <laughs> We have one more five-star name. Henry Torbert, who was born with a five-star name, I believe. That was mm. probably the, the given name, Henry's five-star name. Helping with Childhood Scars is the is the title of their review. And it says, this podcast about goosebumps and other R.L. Stein adjacent material is great for processing childhood trauma. I never, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I never watched the, the show as a child. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. Henry, I was scared of these things, too, and it is helping me process a lot. I never watched the show as a child. Rather, I was sheltered from it by my Presbyterian school, which for, maybe you know someone, a Presbyterian named Chopper, uh, <laughs> uh, a, fa a famous Presbyterian, uh, which forbid the presence of goosebumps and animorphs at our scholastic book fair. Thank you, gentlemen, for helping me get a part of my youth back that was stolen by organized religion. Ten out of ten repressed desires. Chopper says thank you. You're Chopper. You've always been Chopper to me, Chad. 
Thanks, you didn't man. even have to tell me. You didn't even have to tell me your name was Chopper for me to think what I think of <laughs> what all those kids thought of Chopper. I always thought that about you, and I think it even oh, more. Thank you. I just love Chopper for you, and I might call you that. It's a fun from name. On. It it's is fun. fun. Yeah, I probably I probably named my custom character uh, in Def Jam Vendetta Chopper. Hell yeah! I ended up doing fucking that, hell yeah. yeah. One of my favorite Full Metal Alchemist characters is Barry the Chopper. Oh, Barry's great. Barry is great. Isn't he the guy that like cuts up his his daughter? Yeah, well, that was no, in a pre- that was in a previous life. It wasn't his daughter. It was just people on the street, just randos. Oh, okay. They were probably oh, bad. Okay. They were probably bad people. We don't know what those people did. Oh, that guy, the guy with the demon mask. Yeah, yeah. he's cool. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. He's really cool. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like the Chad Quan <laughs> of Fumo Alchemist. I would be cool being that guy. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> That'd be a good cosplay for you, Chad. Since you're really Ew. tall. I'm I'm gonna work on that. Should we wrap it up, boys? You got anything else going on? Yeah. Ch- yeah. Maybe follow me on Twitter. I'm Real Kevin Cole. And if you want to play my video games, maybe go on over to supertry.itch.io and you can play my video games. Most of them are free. I agree. You should do that. Mm-hmm. 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 Paul, what about you? Uh, if you want to if you want to follow me some more and you ha- if you haven't checked out Continue Show, you can go to YouTube.com slash Continue Show. We got a episode that comes out every Wednesday where we goof off and play some old video games. And we also have a Patreon that you can go and if you want to support that one as well. In addition, you know, if you've already summoned up the strength to to support us on on Goosebuds, you can go over and do it on Continue Show as well. Uh, Patreon.com slash Continue Show. Yeah. And hey, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Quantum Theory, Q U A N D T U M Theory. Also, uh, around the time this episode's coming out, uh, the season one finale of Star Trek Prodigy will be coming to Paramount Plus. I do it, uh, and maybe Nickelodeon at some point. It's very cool. Worked on that one. Very happy. Proud of what we did. Hashtag Save the Cation. Uh, Chopper. It it's been a great show like it's seriously been a really cool show to watch and oh thanks man i just love how it like takes everything i like about star trek and kind of compresses and explains it for a new generation mm-hmm. like that was definitely one of the goals that's that's really nice of you to say kevin i appreciate it yeah if anyone if you're enjoying star trek prodigy it's really cool to see uh interactions on on twitter's yeah, maybe you're tr- maybe you're an old crusty Trekkie and you got a full family now and you're trying to get that, you know, they're they're just coming of age to get into some Star Trek, but they're not ready for the for the dry stuff yet. This is a yeah, this is you a, can't show them TNG yet cuz they're just like, Picard's just too sexual. Too, you don't want yeah. you don't want to you don't want to plant that seed just yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh thanks again for listening everyone. We'll see you next time. Chopper Start up the chopper, chopper, and let's roar on out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds was brought to you by our wonderful patrons who are part of the Book of Names. The Book of Names. Book of Names. <laughs> We'd like to thank all the people who support us on Patreon, uh, and especially Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. And Hollis Hornbeak. 
Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. Mickey C. Nathan Dolzal. Kelly C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Alecade. Mel Dipson. Zanke. Afshin. Danky Mick Stanky. Dango Twist. Low Belly Hate Me. Brian Wells. Zentacles. Stealth Bates. Joseph Miranda. Patrick Reynolds. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. John Keedy. Calf. Chad will make more paranoia shoppy the third. Hmm. Sniggy. Maddie. Ishak Arafin. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. <laughs> I think you probably caught on to my continuous use of the same pronunciation. Radford Poulter. <laughs> Aiden Alexander Bates. Reinfected. Sometimes you gotta challenge yourself, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jar Jar Slinks. <laughs> Justin Wagman threw it on you. <laughs> oh, no. Flipped it. Cardboard Walk. Chosen One. Levi Than. Up and Champ. Jonas Engman. Alicia Grave. Oyster. <laughs> Carl. I'm, I kind of sound like the like Chef John from Food Wishes. A little bit, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Bull. What a bull. <laughs> something I love, Broccoli. Hey, pause for a second. I think I'm going to get Paul off my chest. Oh, God, something's wrong with Broccoli. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation? Elusive Koala? <laughs> this is breaking my brain. Yanni Markovina? Joe. Brooke X. Jesus Christ! Christian Vanskiver. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Trent Davis. Zach Connor. Jonas Blatterman. Patreon underscore donator, yo. Joe, spooky digital ghost. Tyranny. Uh, talk with him. <laughs> Andrew Jadzik is wondering if Jar Jar Slinks has been a Sith the whole time. I fucking wish. Lord Cornwallis. Carson Birkenbean. I know it's Murphy P, but I'm going to say Murphy P. Paul Grasso. Joe, regular name Scott. Tevin Ticklebean is your new best friend. Sean Minogue. Wormtown Glen. Wiggle it. Vincent Modica. Luke Canoodles. John a pigeon hat, a barber. Hugh Bolin. Zambambino. Chip Handsome. Matt McClellan. Alex Moon the Robot Dog. <laughs> Sarah Kemp. <laughs> Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Brett. Nathan Remick. Baldy. Adam you goofed. Juan Jalapena. Reed Stubbendeek. Joey Evans. Keith Halcrow. Chris, Tranquil Sleepwear Erection, Nelson. One of my favorite names to say, Timothy Miso Dulakis. Yeah. I'm okay about saying this name. Clay McCarty. Oh, sorry, Clay. <laughs> I'm great about saying this name, Carewise Gamgee. <laughs> Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Uncle Cool Brother. Cameron Hansen. Ham underscore boat. I've been changing my Patreon name almost every month, and it's given me an identity crisis, so I wanted to say my name is... No! Oh, <laughs> what a cliffhanger. <laughs> Raymond Hernandez. Flemily has BDE, <laughs> Big Dwarf Energy. Hell oh yeah. my goodness. The Crow Fence. Matthew Sutton. Generally depressing. Dumb, sexy ghost, a.k.a. Captain Sick. <laughs> Lee Wood. Jeffrey Owen Cahey. Yeah, yeah. Ben Bohan. Kelsey Kinneman. Russell Casper. Xavier Jimenez. Brendan Arafin. Liam Neeson's Doe. Chris Putragas. 
Scotty Pippen. Dan. Hey, Eric. It's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. Streak. Meet Virginia. When dragons rule. Dungeon Kappa. Jonas Anavoldson. Calamity Carl. Germ Juice. McHamster. Welcome to McHamsters. Welcome to McHamsters. You're going to like the way you eat. Zach Ware. <laughs> <laughs> Lip Duck. Nick Johnson. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Julian Lamendia. Adam Booth. Andre Villanueva. Stephen Day. Brian Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Megan McCormick Mason. <laughs> Ninja Breadman. Hood Lemon. Estimena, Lord of Paul's Pants. Got little moi, pretty Frenched. Peanutburg, level 69. I play the Davy Boy in attack mode. Some duelings. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny M. Dr. Chocula. Jimmy Soul. Paging Dr. Diarrhea. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Scalafella. Moon Juice. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Leguza. Lamb is a bone wizard. Yes. <laughs> a pair of Scots. Levi Kidder. David Gray. SSJ. Trogdor. <laughs> Bryce Diori. That name has, I think, big dwarf energy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Matthew Brittato. <clears throat> I am Cornholio. I need CP <laughs> for my bunghole. Playing the role of Beavis. Today will be. Kevin Cole. It's tremendous how close you get to sounding like Beavis. It's just insane. I just, I can't do voices. I'm not really confident in doing that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not like our carb son. Mike Spaghetti Jones. Also a son of carbs. <laughs> Some of Chad's bird friends for the protein. Nicholas Maloney. Oh. Reed Demption. Midwest Indigo 13. Thomas Jancis. Eric Horowitz. Tiffany Lee. Dr. Egg Drop Suit Man. <laughs> Chris. Lucretia McEvil. Elmerelma. Mutant Astronaut. David Lynch. XXX. Brendan Fraser 666. Nice. Burgers. Bumpy World with fun symbols on the side. <laughs> That's actually how they're listed in MLA formatted. Fun symbols. <laughs> the tilde is the fun symbol. They uh, they show you the bumps. Those are the bumps. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, we're bumping up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just another bump in Burger's bumpy world. Henry Torbeer. <laughs> Everything's a bump for Adam Knapp. And soggy newspapers. Wagmar Wigmer. Uh, Dakota Camp. John W. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Chick. Milk Punk. Skeletorin. Kiwio Flurb. Serial Killer X. Shuddering Stefan. Matt Skeleman. Mr. Misfire. Mandy Nasty. Lam- and Llama Lad, the tag team <laughs> force. <laughs> Bjarndir. Gacanti. Jover the Moon. 976 Evil. How do you know my phone number? Don't call it. <laughs> Philip Reynolds. Benjamin Luther. Edgar's Crassus. Chicago Frank. Hey, it's Chicago Frank. I, somehow I'm offended. What, what's a Chicago accent sound like? I don't know. Hey, it's not quite New York. Uh, something like this, probably. Just, just letting this hate crime happen. Pally. Hey, let's turn the river green today, fellas. <laughs> Nathan Gurney. Not on purpose. Dennis Wright. <laughs> Jacob Rogers. Ryan R. Davis. Scott Wabble. Kit Bush. <laughs> I read this in my head first. It's Rum Daddy, but I read it as Rum Dandy. Ooh. Ooh. 
Ooh, I'll take a little rub daddy. Me too. I'll take a rub daddy. <laughs> Cameron Ganseveld. Fussy Matt Scepter. Oh, hey, Greg Gervasi, a.k.a. Vita Zen. Hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Daryl Flynn. Dakota Kipper. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This oh. is son of a bitch. Oh, here Josh Howe. Here we go. <laughs> Mr. Unimportant. Not true, but also a very cool name. <laughs> Kumo Jackoff. <laughs> Ali Saif. I hope I said that right. Let me know. Let us know. Dank boy. <laughs> Liam Rogers. Eric K. Evan Bowen. Girthworm Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Rodriguez. Peter McGregor. And welcome to the new names in the book of names. As you have seen, some people write funny names. Some people <laughs> float on by with their normal names, and then we discover them and make commentary upon them. Your day shall come. Turakuaku. Turaku. 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 Yeah, like the dinosaur hunter. Oh, yes. Turaku. Zach Bentley, welcome to the book of names. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Hello, Robert Allen Cook. The third is back. You've been here before. You've never left. Your name has always been stuck here. <laughs> he has been reborn. Welcome, Odin's Eye Hole. By the way, that's a cool dwarf curse. That right is there. a cool one. By the Raven's Claw, he joined <laughs> us. <laughs> Dumb's dirty down low, donger. <laughs> and finally, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Lightning has hit the book of names. Put it in black and white for four hours. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. We love you. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.